Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are giving you our big boards for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'll give you my individual big board. Connor will give you his individual big board. And then we're going to collaboratively create the official NFL Stock Exchange Top 50 going into the college football season. It's going to be exciting stuff. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Bell, the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Very special episode for you guys today. We are revealing the initial top 50 2024 NFL Draft Big Board for the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In order to do that, you guys are going to see both my individual top 50 and Connor's individual top 50. And the fun part about it is you guys get to hear some of it for the first time. So do we. I have no idea who Connor's top 50 is. Mine is public on PFF.com because I released it a little bit early. But Connor says that he did not look at it purposely for this show. So it's going to be the live reaction, not just from you guys, but from us as well. Connor, I'm super excited about this, man. It's always how we put a bow on summer scouting. And uh, this is going to be a good time, man. I'm hoping for an, another Isaiah Foskey, Arik Gilbert <laughs> moment uh, from, from last year because that made the podcast a lot of fun to listen to. Me too, man. I had some people, as they always do, uh, very kindly, you know, DM me ideas for the pod this week. And I was like, going to be honest, it's the week we've all been waiting for. It's big board week. Nothing else because this uh, is its own show. Because like you said, there is so much discussion to be had between you and I, because I have not seen your board. You have not seen mine. We've had the position rankings. We've done the top fives, except wide receivers. We did top 10. We've done all the summer scouting. And at the end of the day, people get to see our rankings. They get to see what the NFLSC consensus, you know, kind of board looks like as we get into the full swing of college football. So this is always a lot of fun. I always really enjoy it. And I know for our listeners that are diehard draft fans, they probably consume every big board they can, whether yeah. it's obviously Dane's on the athletic, which is so great. Of course, when Kuiper starts to drop rankings, when Jeremiah starts to drop rankings. So it's just another thing. Uh, another piece of the long, long puzzle. And it's a fun way to watch college football, right? You know, when yeah, you totally. know some guys going into every single matchup, it makes those Saturdays fun. There's so many games, but you got reasons to care about a lot of those games. So there's going to be a, a, a decently long podcast, I think, going through our individuals. And then at the end of the show, we'll kind of come together and say, okay, you know, Connor had this guy at 12. I am at 22. We'll put him, you know, somewhere at like 15 on the official show big board. So you'll get our individual takes, but then you're going to get an official NFL SC big board that will create the graphics for you guys can see it at the end of the show. And you guys can reference it throughout the season. So what we're going to do, how we're going to go about this sort of similar to summer scouting, but in reverse order, we're actually going to start at the top. We're going to go one through 10 talk about some of those guys, then go 11 through 20, talk about some of those guys, so on and so forth, all the way till we get to 50. And the reason why we're not saving number one for last is because our top tens are probably going to be a lot of similar names, not right. maybe not the exact spot, but once we get into like, shoot, even the teens, 20s, 30s, that's when you really start to see the individual analyst flair that gets put into a top 50. So we actually think the anticipation is going to be more towards, ooh, who is the last player on Connor's big board or Trevor's big board? So that's how we're going to do it. Connor, uh, If unless you got any other shout outs, man, I will let you start. You can read off your one through 10 on your initial 2024 big board. 
well said by you because i think the thought is everybody's listened to us talk about these guys at the top so much because they kind of ruled the summer scouting episodes and i thought something that was exciting for me trevor and i'm sure you had some of the same guys that i missed in the go round back in may or june or whatever yeah a couple of them snuck into the back half of my top 50 so i'm excited to talk about them later in the show as well but listen one through ten a lot of you guys know these names by now. The number one player for me on my big board is Marvin Harrison Jr., which, um, you know, there'll be oh, some debate. I have him at number one. I know every big board everybody probably reads, you know, or, or consumes or whatever is, is going to be Caleb Williams. I totally get it. Uh, they are two great players. Caleb is number two for me. I came out of summer thinking Marvin Harrison Jr. was the most complete player um out of the prospects that we watch caleb williams at two go ahead can can i ask you a question real quick sure how much if at all do you take positional value into a big board because i do i i do i I certainly do but i think somebody a, a listener actually asked me this earlier this week and they were asking mine compared to renters and like i responded and i said okay you have to take positional value into account because that's just how big boards are made but i do a little bit less than renner did uh if you guys read dane brewer's work over at the athletic i think that dane takes positional importance very heavily you find a lot of offensive tackles and quarterbacks that are guys where okay players below them might be more well-rounded but you got to put the quarterback up top because it means the most and so I just wanted to, for my own purposes, for this big board and for the listeners, ask you how much you took positional importance or positional uh, importance into into your big board. I take it into account, but definitely lesser than I think a lot of my peers, and probably closer to you, if not maybe just a smidge less than you. Sure, yeah. Especially coming out of summer, because summer should be used to know who are the best players, right? I'm not saying. I'm not looking at a quarterback necessarily and saying, well, if he does this, 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 and this, because he's a quarterback, he'll go in the top 55 next year. I just think there's a lot of time for that conversation from January to April. And I don't think the summer is used for that. Um, So yeah, I take it into account, but I will say my board omits a few guys that, if positional value was even more significant for a summer board, mm-hmm. it would be in the top 50. So sure. that brought me to Caleb Williams at two, who's a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. No denying that Brock Bowers at three. I mean, this goes back to it once again, like tight ends are not overly valued, but you and I, Trevor on the tight end episode said, this is one of the best players in the draft hands down. I mean, absolutely. Jared verse number four for me. You and I both thought Verse was worthy of being a top 10 pick last year. The nice. same could be said at number five, which is Olu Fashanu. Okay. Um, six, Drake May, who I absolutely love and think the gap from Drake May to Caleb Williams is closer than people realize, although there is still a gap. Number seven, Johnny Newton, the defensive lineman from Illinois. Number eight, Kalen King, the corner out of Penn State. Nine, Joe Alt, the skyscraper tackle out of Notre Dame. And then 10 shop Robinson, the edge of Penn State. So I actually had three Penn State Penn State players in my top 10, which is pretty wild. Okay. All right. I'm uh unblacking out the list. So I have these guys all in front of me. Okay. So this is this is again what I kind of figured. A lot of the same names compared to mine, um, just in a very different order. I'm kind of surprised that you have, I mean, 
I got yours on Newton at 10. You got him at seven. And I'm sitting here very surprised because I thought that I was pretty high on him having him at 10. But to say that he's a top 10 interior defensive lineman, man, I think that's quite a statement, especially coming off, especially coming off last year where we knew Jalen Carter was going to be worth a top 10 overall pick. But then, you know, even even Kalijah Kansi beyond him when we went into the summer last year nobody's really talking about Kalija Kansi and there just wasn't a ton of buzz around this interior defensive lineman so you liked your Zon Newton a lot then to keep him at number seven huh I did I'll say this with Newton I think it's out of all of these guys he might have the most difficult time moving up out of everybody in the I top would agree 10. with that I would agree I with think that, that He's you could put him on an NFL field right now with his vision, his hands, his ability to get off blocks, his ability to slide up and down the line of scrimmage. Uh, the defensive line alignments is what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's going to be really hard for him to move up where I don't feel that way about everybody else. But hey, if you go seventh overall in the draft or anything around there, right. you're doing pretty damn well. I think from perspective is like, do I see him as a Quinn and Williams level prospect? No, mm-hmm. but can he be a really high-end interior defensive lineman? Yeah, that's that's how I looked at him. Yeah, and I think we'll get into more of that conversation once we start introducing some of the other interior defensive linemen that'll be a little bit later in these rankings. So I'll go through my top 10, and then we can have a little conversation about it because it is a lot of the, the same guys. I got Caleb at number one. You know, uh, QB positional importance does go into this for me, and I, he's just, the ceiling is franchise level. NFL quarterback and it's not like oh I've got to project a ton in order for him to become that franchise caliber dude basically it's consistency taking care of the ball and um and reading the field correctly a lot of things that we've already seen him do well if he just does it at a more consistent level the dude's got all the talent in the world so I got Caleb at one I got Marvin Harrison at two I got Brock Bowers at three so we're even there um I do have Olu Fashano at four I got Drake May at five Jared verse at six and Kool-Aid McKinstry who is in my top 10, but not on your top 10. I have him at number seven. I got Kalen King right behind him at eight. Chop Robinson comes in at nine. And then I got Jerzon Newton as well at number 10. So who's the other guy that uh, that you had that I did? In- did you have Joe oh, Alt? Joe Alt. No, no, no. I didn't have Joe Alt in the top 10. I, I, like, I like Joe Alt. I think that he can be a starting offensive tackle at the NFL level. Certainly a dude that you can, you can lean on, no doubt about it. I just felt as though... With him being as tall as he is, the lack of leverage definitely shows up. And I thought that for as big as he was, I didn't think the kick slides covered as much ground as they could. And that maybe signals to me like, okay, are the feet a little heavy? Are the feet, you know, is, is, does he have a little uh, flexibility, like inflexibility when it comes to like stretching the groin out, getting that full stretch and that full kick slide. Cause at the NFL level, man, these dudes are going to be coming after your, your outside shoulder. So alt big, he moves really well. I think when we talked about offensive tackles, he reminded me of Brian O'Neill in the sense that O'Neill yeah. picked decently early. O'Neill need a little bit of time before he really figured it out. And I think that that's kind of the way that I look at alt. So didn't make my top 10, but if you'll, you'll hear his name shortly after this so of course yeah i think it's wildly impressive that he started um 21 games over the last two years in seasons where he was a true freshman and a sophomore at notre dame so Mm -hmm. i still think he can get a lot better but i've loved what i've seen early in his career i think it was pretty obvious how high you and i were on the top two edges in this draft in chop and verse uh we've we've been nothing but eye to eye with both of those guys 
Brock Bowers is a special player. Of course. So funny story. I, I wrote a mock draft last week for NBC sports and uh, the guys at Roto world were cool enough to make a graphic of the top 10, put it on Instagram and we collabed on it. So since I shared it as a post, all of the comments that come in, at, at least like a lot of them are notifications. And I mm. noticed the most was about like, how could a tight end go this early? But it was cool to see a lot of people jump in and go, have you watched what this man has done for <laughs> right, Georgia's right. national championship teams? So I think that as an underclassman, as right, an underclassman, like, this dude is beyond different. Yeah. I just want to put that out there. Um, there's a chance at the end of the process, he finishes as a better prospect than Kyle Pitts. Honestly, uh, you know, I, he'll be he'll be rated higher for me than Kyle Pitts was because I wasn't like Kyle Pitts is a top three pick kind of guy. I just yeah, I'd have to go back and look. But I, Bowers will be a better tight end prospect to me than Pitts. And sure. I love how you just brought that up because of course there's a little bit of football to still be played, but like that's not nearly as much of a tangible cop out as it was as it can be for other players because Brock Bowers has been starting and playing since he was a true freshman. And oh by the yeah. way, he's graded out in in elite fashion both of these past two seasons. And so I think I agree with you. I'm probably going to have a higher, slightly higher scouting grade on Brock Bowers, but I also don't think he's going to break Kyle Pitts' record for the highest tight end drafted because the rest of this class is so loaded with premium position guys, quarterbacks, offensive tackles, edge rushers, even interior defenders that can get after the quarterback, corners, wide receivers, like all of the premium positions look like they could be stacked this year. And so with that being the case, it's hard to think that a tight end is going to go three. Um, but Bowers, I think that you put it very correctly. Uh, all right. So this is where I think the fun really begins. Yeah, 11, 11 through 20, uh, list them off 11 through 20. And then we can, we can go back and forth and talk about it. All right. So 11 for me, I think this guy's wildly underrated somehow. I, I don't know how Emeka Abuka, the wide okay. receiver at Ohio nice. state. I, I'm kind of pissed he's not in my top 10 because I think that would have been more of a statement, but hey, it's a good class. Trevor, it is. Yep. 12, Cooper DeGene, the corner from Iowa. Okay. 13, Layatu Latu, the edge from UCLA, who my I remember you, you were surprised when we did that show how high I was on him because you thought you would be high man on him. 14, Chris Jenkins, defensive lineman from Michigan. 15, Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver from LSU. 16, Barrett Carter, the very athletic linebacker for Clemson. 17, your boy Kool-Aid McKinstry, the corner from Alabama. 18, yep. Leonard Taylor, possibly the D-line from Miami, possibly the guy that can have the highest variance in the top yeah. 20. 19, Dallas Turner, same could be said for him, the edge from Alabama. 20, somebody that I've been high on for over a year now, um, Michael Penix, the quarterback from Washington. I I love his game. If if he stays healthy, he will he will go higher than this. But that is always the biggest question around Penix. Yeah, man, uh, Penix is so much fun. I, I you and I when we talked about the summer scouting episode, and um, I have him a little bit further down. He's not in my top twenty, but I, I think he is in my top thirty-five. There's so many physical skills to like oh, about Michael Penix. The ball placement sometimes a little a little off, but I think that that's something that. Can be fit can be fixed with actually better repetition and I think more snaps, which hopefully we see another fully healthy year from him. Because hey, you brought this up when we were watching it in summer scouting. Like this dude may not have played as many snaps as he wanted because of injury, but he's manipulating the field with his eyes. 
he's going through all sorts of different reads. He's got really good receivers on that Washington team, and he's not afraid to lean on all of them, different shapes and sizes and route concepts and everything, man. I think he has become such a uh, such a smart quarterback, at least from what we saw at the very beginning stages of his time in Indiana when he was sort of all physical gifts. I think that the right. way he's been able to rise has been awesome to see. It's really well said. He looks like a pro in Washington's offense, uh, where at Indiana, he looked like a playmaker. I think that's how I would describe it. And I think he's going to have a monster year. Uh, and I think he's the type of player that ironically lifts everyone up around him and doesn't get that credit as much as he should. So a lot of these names, very familiar names to my list, which I'm going to, uh, I'm going to list off. But the one guy I do want to ask you about, because you are, I think about 10 spots higher, almost 10 spots higher in him than I am is Barrett Carter. And, you know, it comes from a linebacker spot and a lot of people think, okay, well, linebacker, not always a premium position. So he doesn't get that premium position bump, but talk to me about him, man, because for a linebacker to be 16, especially in this class with as much upside as it has really speaks to how talented this dude is. So you clearly, you really like him a lot. It's a great point. And I'll tell you what it is for me that he needs to do more of this year. And it's up to Clemson to put him in that position. It's that he, I'm not going to call him Micah Parsons because that's not what I'm going for here. But what I think not nah, print the headline, print, we yeah. need the clicks. Barrett Carter, we do, we need the clicks. We need the subs. <laughs> we need the watch hours. Uh, we need it all. Keep the lights on here. So seriously, I think he can be a dual player in the front seven. That's what it is for me. And I'm not saying 10 sack kind of guy, but considering he had five and a half last year, I think his ability to just straight up blitz and maybe tap into some pass rush ability on top of being an incredible presence as an off ball linebacker in coverage, eight passes broken up two INTs. I mean, he's a freak show in the front seven, a total freak show. Now, if he doesn't continue to tap into all that versatility, would he stay at 16 for me for an off ball linebacker? No, that's just the nature of the business, right? It, it really is. And I was super high on Jack Campbell last year. I had him as a top 25 player and um, it's, it's, it's shows you how hard it is to be an off ball linebacker and be ranked that high. But Carter has the tools to be that do it all kind of player in a front seven. And if he builds off of last year, he'll be a top 20 selection. So I'll, I'll read mine off. I'll go 11 through 20 and then I'll let you fire away with any questions that you got for that one. Number 11, I got Cooper DeGene, very similar to you. I think that he is just such a natural athlete. He's, he's, it's hard to keep him out of a top 15 with what you think that he could be, especially with production on the ball. Leonard Taylor, I got him at 12. Um, Latu Latu, I do have him at 13. So I got ah, him there we go. Right, right around okay, that 13 spot. As, no, as the same well. spot. <laughs> is it the same exact spot? Yeah, we both right, have him at go. 13. So I got Malik Neighbors at 14. Uh, I got Cameron Kinchins for uh, the safety from Miami at 15. I got uh, Emeka Ibuka at 16. Joe Walt shows up at number 17. But right below him, I got Graham Barton from 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 Duke. Man, I, I like him a lot. And then I you got did. Ke- and then I got Keon Coleman right after that, the wide receiver from Florida State. This is somebody that I did not have the chance to watch when we did our wide receiver episode. And so many of you tweeted at me. You're like, you've got to watch Keon Coleman. I was like, all right, all right, all right, fine. And I was like, oh, who is this dude? It's, so I, I clearly love them a lot. Very high expectations. I even have him higher than his teammate, Johnny Wilson. So I got him in 19. And then Chris Jenkins sneaks in there at number 20. So uh, that would be, that would be my uh, 11 through 20 there. So talk to me about Keon Coleman then, because he's somebody I plan to watch more of early in the season. Um, I saw a decent amount, but not enough where I would feel obviously confident as you to put him on the big board. I mean, top 20 is pretty, pretty special. He's closer to Emeka Buka, um, obviously, than 
than I, I expected. And I think that's awesome. So what is it in his game that could be a first round wide receiver? Honestly, man, all the talent in the world. And I, I, I truly mean that he's six foot four, 215 pounds, and he is so well built. I mean, he is like, he is that X receiver when he steps on the field and you are not afraid to play this guy and, and uh, against press coverage on the line of scrimmage is a true X. He is so fantastic at contested catches. 62.5 contested catches are caught. Almost 94% of his catchable passes that came his way caught, which is still a really high number. Some people might say, oh, catchable passes should be 100. No, no, no. It, doesn't, it just doesn't work out like that. It's such a long season. There's so many passes that you get your way. So 94%, that's up there with Malik Neighbors for, for one of the highest percentiles that we have here. Um, he is... Somebody who is a true all-around athlete. I got in his background, played both football and basketball in high school, committed to Michigan State over Georgia, Texas, and USC. And I think the reason why is because he played for Tom Izzo's team at Michigan State. He actually, he actually played on the team and he's got stats. He didn't play a ton because obviously he was playing football. So, you know, tra- transitioning from the football season to the basketball season, you got to make up for a lot of stuff. But when he was early on, I think it was his freshman season. He was good enough to play for Michigan State, which is a bad, this is an I NCAA mean, powerhouse, program. man. Yes, that's so insane. The fact that he was able to play for both programs just tells you the kind of athlete uh, that this dude is. I mean, he is he he wants to dominate every opponent that he goes up against. If you turn on that Michigan game, you will watch him absolutely moss one defender. And then two minutes later, absolutely moss two defenders. And it's so the strength profile that this guy has, the way that he attacks the ball at the catch point, he's a true X receiver, but he's got the athleticism to, in my opinion, be so much more. He's a little bit over aggressive as a blocker. So he's got to be a little bit more patient there. But man, this dude athletically, the ceiling is so high for him. Just really want to see him refine the rest of his game. Don't be as aggressive when he's uh, when he's going for blocks and uh, honing on your route running a little bit more. But man, I think this guy's got the total package. That's awesome. Um, I saw he had a sixty-three point game in high school basketball one time. I, I mean, didn't even know that. So yeah, I mean that's freakish, Oof. freakish stuff. That Florida State offense. I, what is it's there left to say? It's what gonna be it? sick, man. It Jordan is going Travis, to be sick. Jordan Travis throwing the ball too. Keon Coleman throwing it to Johnny Wilson, handing the ball off to Trey Benson. It's going to be fun, man. Who's fun. the tight end that we've watched a million times, too, that they have? Jaheim Bell. Jaheim Bell. Yeah. Just hanging around, floating around. Right. <laughs> just Jaheim Bell's just floating around like Kirby. All right. <laughs> so let's get into uh, 21 through 30 here. Okay. 21 for me, Nate Wiggins, the corner out of Clemson, coming off a big year in the Ooh. ACC. Okay. 22, Jatavion Sanders, tight end out of Texas. 23, Patrick Paul, offensive tackle out of Houston. 24, Tyler Newbin, my top safety uh, out of Minnesota. Right behind him, 25, Cam Kitchens from Miami. Another okay. great safety in this class. I think they're, you know, kind of side by side mm. on the board. They clearly are. 26, Xavier Worthy, the speedy wide receiver out of Texas. 27, Junior Colson, the linebacker out of Michigan. Ooh. 28, Cooper Beebe. Uh, the guard for Kansas State, 29, Braylon Trice, the edge from Washington, 30, Jack Sawyer, the edge from Ohio State. I'll be honest, Trevor. Yeah. Massive drop off after the top 20. And I like these guys are good players and they have a lot of potential and some of them are already high floor guys. When I was feeling out the top 20, I'm like, damn, this group is really freaking good. Then I got to 21 and I was like, these guys can go either way this year a lot more so. And it's we've talked about all of these guys a lot, but it's 
I noticed I noticed the different tier of player at this point of the draft class. So there are a handful of players that are just very they're they're just very different on our boards going into the season. And I think it just I think it has to do with a difference in starting point, but also maybe a difference in, in what we think they could become. So Paul is the gonna be the biggest outlier, I think for sure. I have him outside of my top 100, but wow. I, I, I did not, I did not love him. I like, right. I, I thought he was just, Oh no, you hate him. If he's not in your top 100, I, it's personal. That, it's like not, you're going to find Patrick Paul and say it's on when he's at the senior bowl. <laughs> By the way, he has arms that are like cover an entire door frame and he's massive. <laughs> so this, this kind of reaffirms to me, maybe I've just got to take a different kind of a look at this player because when I watched him, I thought he was just big and tall. And I think a lot of people look at the Tyree Wilson game, but I did. I wasn't even the biggest fan of Tyree Wilson, so it's hard to say That's like, "Oh, look clarifier. at how he played against Ty- Tyree Wilson." Because I just thought Tyree Wilson really won because of speed, speed of power, and because he was uniquely built. I kind of feel similarly to Patrick Paul, where I just kind of think he's a big offensive tackle. Um, I just didn't see him as, as as coordinated enough of an athlete, as agile enough of an athlete, as a lot. He needs of to stay off the ground. I, he needs to stay off the ground. It's yeah, a big the balance. I just, again, I felt like he won with length. It's weird to say like too much, but for the NFL level, I mean, I just thought, I feel like he's going to get manipulated if he doesn't kind of improve that core strength and, and, and really be able to protect the outside shoulder a little bit more. So I got him at one Oh eight. Um, Jack Sawyer. I have Jack Sawyer. I have at 80, but that's simply because Ohio state just used this dude in so many different weird ways if Ohio State just lets Jack Sawyer rush the passer, I have a little bit clearer of a view of like what he can be because they, I mean, he was like an off ball dude. They had him blitzing up the middle. They were just trying to get him on the field. So I have him at 80, but he is one of those players where obviously could make a massive jump. Junior Colson, I had at 73, but that's more of just because I'm lower on the linebacker return on investment than right. I am his talent. I, I think, think he's, he's so really fucking good. And good like, it's, it's just one of those guys that I watch and I'm like, Man, maybe I'm over my skis with this one. Yeah. Because I haven't heard a lot of people talk about him. Yeah. But God, I watch him just fl- he just flies around the field, unlike a lot of dudes that I've watched over the last couple of years. And he's in a great defense that he has an even better player in front of him than Chris Jenkins that creates a lot of space. But I I really like Junior Colson and Michigan's defense to me is must watch TV this season. And then BB. I also have BBS yes, I remember this outside yep. outside of my top 100. So, yeah, I I don't know. It's he's one of those ones where I, I feel think, like we we really liked him two summers ago, and I think he's the same guy. I think I was just too I think I was just too high on him a couple of summers ago. But obviously, you were still high on him, so you believe that that yeah, I whatever think he's it just, is, he's rock solid guard, a lot of mass, doesn't really get beaten pass pro a lot. Can I move like people the in the run game. I don't know. I don't know if he moves people in the run game. Man, I I mean, listen, it's hard to get that excited over a guard, but <laughs> I think he's a fine player. He's a fine see, player. See, but I would agree with you. I think he's a fine player, but like to me, that's clearly a lot lower. But yeah, all right. So, so Sawyer, Sawyer, I think I think Sawyer is the guy that's going to move up for you. I'll say it right now. I'll say that with my chest. Sawyer could, will finish her, her, earlier than eighty. You said eighty. Yeah, I had him at eighty. Yeah, you'll have him yeah. in your top sixty at least. I think by like the midpoint of the season. And there's, there's certainly, I think reason to believe that. So um, my 21 through 30, 
21. I got my boy, TCU cornerback, Josh Newton, baby. Love him. You number do. 20, number 22, I got Dallas Turner, the edge rusher from Alabama. 23, I got J.C. Latham, the offensive tackle from Alabama. 24 is where I have Barrett Carter. So like I said, not quite a 10, point, 10 ranking swing, but I had a mid-20s, so um, I still think he's a fantastic player. Braylon Trice, I got a 25. He's somebody who, after our summer scouting, I was like, man, Connor was talking him up a ton. I was like, I got to watch. And I watched two more games of him, and I'm like, man, I got to move him up. I just thought it was pretty. But it works. But the natural ability, like if that guy, if 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 Braylon Trice at this point in his pass rush development is still able to create a 26% pass rush win percentage, imagine what the dude's gonna do if he can get a full pass rush profile to him that's based yeah. off of the speed to power strength. I mean, I think that it's gonna be fantastic. And I had to put him at 25 in the top 25 there. 26, uh, I got my boy, your boy, everybody's boy, Oregon quarterback, Bo Nix. 27. Ooh, okay. We'll do you have Nix's we'll uh, top 50? Bo Nix is not in my top 50. Ha! Huh! The disrespect. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. He is, uh, he is QB5 though for me. So actually... I know I come off as this like Bo Nix hater. And he, he he impressed me this summer. He did. He should, I just he... I don't see high end starter talent. And if I have a quarterback in my top 30, they they just gotta have it. This is this is gonna be a good latent test for me because I wonder if it is just how shell shocked I was about how much different he was at Auburn. That, that's part of the then, evaluation. Then how, then how I sat there like, oh my, be. So, we are going to be talking about Bo Nix. <laughs> like, that's why I walked away with that event, eval. Got to figure out how to make money off this guy. He's too <laughs> good. Uh, all right, so 27. Didn't watch this player when we went through summer scouting. Wake Forest corner, Hell Kalen yeah. Carson. Yep, you texted me and you're like, watch Carson like two weeks ago, and he, he made it in my top 50. Dude is fun man i mean his stop and start i'm not gonna say like his ability to click and close i'm not gonna say it's devon witherspoon because devon witherspoon was nuts last year it's damn good though but it's close i mean yeah. like the way that this dude can stop on a dime and go downhill and trigger to where the wide receiver is going with their route i mean he is doing that while reacting i cannot imagine what this dude's going to be able to do in the plays that he can make on the ball when he is anticipating that with that kind of athleticism to him, I think that he he is extreme talent. And I think it, it he looks like he's got the confidence of Jair Alexander out there. So that's a combination that I absolutely love. So I got him at 27. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, I got a 28. Johnny Wilson, I got a 29. Xavier Worthy, I got a 30. So I go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Those guys all just so different, but I like them all. So I had to kind of like lump them in there right around that 30 range. So Johnny Wilson didn't make my top 50, but I will say he climbed in my rankings. Um, I had him as wide receiver 10 mm -hmm. during that show, and we did 10 wide receivers in our rankings. Mm -hmm. He's higher than that for me now. So I, I, I see you with that one. He just moves better than right. a lot of the other dudes who are like six foot six. And I and, and I really believe that. And I think that he's going to continue to showcase that this upcoming season. And yeah, I mean, clearly, I, I like Johnny Wilson a lot when we talked about summer scouting. I like him a lot now. How many uh, Marquez Colston comps is he going to get? Oh, wow. What was Colston? He was about 6'5", but at the combine, he weighed almost he weighed 225. Like, he was just 
he was six, huge five, for a receiver at the time. Yeah, he's huge. And Johnny Wilson's obviously well. Johnny Wilson's thicker. He is the, and he carries it well. He That's does. doesn't no, make sense to me. It's not like a he's just big. He's two forty. It's like muscled up two forty. All right, hold like, on. Uh, was it David Boston, one of the heaviest receivers of all time? Just absolutely. David, I mean, yoked. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to get into it. But I don't know if it was just protein and peanut butter, I'm but uh, <laughs> but yes, yes, Matt. I mean, if you, you you youngsters out there listening, just you could hit pause or don't keep it playing. But or Google don't. David Boston on Google Images. Man, I'm looking on Mock Draftable some wide receivers that were like six foot five, two hundred forty ish pounds. Vincent Jackson's one of them, and Massive. I'm like, ooh, okay. Vincent Jackson at six five two forty one ran a force four six, thirty nine inch vert, hundred twenty nine inch broad, four seconds in the twenty yard shuttle, six eight four in the three cone. Dude's an alien. He was a special talent. He really yeah. was. Um, yeah. He really was. So, uh, okay. Did you did you close? A hey, you closed out your Ooh, list. Darren back to back wide receivers. Waller. It's right. Waller was a receiver. Yeah. Which I mean, like he kind of hit people. Would be like, oh, so Johnny Wilson's gonna move the tight end. I mean, like, yeah, Darren Waller's a tight end, but like, he's a wide receiver. Like, let's be real about it. So that's what everybody's gonna be searching for. Like the heaviest guys. Yeah. Like right. Lazard was two twenty seven at the combine. Just looking for these heavy, heavy yeah, he's, players. He's, he's just bigger than that, dude. What was Jawan Johnson? Oh, he that's was, an interesting one to me. 230. Was, yeah, I was going to say he was beefed up. 230. And then obviously another guy that moved. So moved yeah. and it worked out great for him. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll I'll go on because okay. I want to. Yeah, I want to keep this combo moving. I think we. Bo Nix is. We'll revisit Bo Nix a lot throughout the season. I'll say it's going to be interesting with Bo Nix. I was, I just wonder if the pendulum swung too far the other way. And I completely, I, I, I right? completely understand that. I absolutely understand that the, Bo Nix could turn back into a pumpkin. This, this upcoming <laughs> I didn't season. think that, but I just, <laughs> oh man, I, just, I wasn't Was ready. that too much? That was funny. Was that was too funny. much? You made, it, you made him sound like, ah, I don't want to throw shade right now. All right. 31. Good quarterback, Bo Nix. 31 to 40. Uh, this will be, I'll be high man on this guy. 31, I have TJ Tampa, your boy from Tampa. Oh, nice. The corner out of Iowa State. 32, you just had him in your last 10, JC Latham. Yep. The offensive tackle from Alabama. He has got to cut down the penalties. It is to the point where he cannot be on an NFL field with how undisciplined he is right now. But he will be in everybody's top 50 because he is so physically gifted. And he plays for Alabama where, I mean, they know how to develop tackles and he has good tape. He has good tape out there. He's got to just be more disciplined. 33, Travion Henderson. I mean, freshman year, Travion Henderson is a first-round running back. Last year, Travion Henderson with the broken bone in his foot is not in the first three rounds. So a, a big variance guy. 34, 34 uh, Troy Fontenot, the offensive lineman for Washington. Oh, nice. I think, I think he's, he's going to be a guard at the next level, but man. Yeah, he is. The tape is think. very, very, very good. 35, Nazir Stackhouse, D-line from Georgia. 36, Trey Benson, running back from Florida State. 37, JT uh, Tui Malowau. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. Nice. Nice. Nailed it. Uh, the edge from Ohio State. 38, somebody I got to watch more of and really liked. Mm -hmm. Zach Zinter from Michigan, the guard from Michigan. 
Yeah. Um, he has excellent tape. He's a guard, so I don't really see him going up from this spot, but he's a, a very pro-ready player that can honestly alter your run game. He really can. When you watch Michigan, it, you look at like Corum and Donovan Edwards, and you're like, mm-hmm. damn. And then you look at the line, and you're like, oh, that might be why. 39, <laughs> Trevor. A guy three months ago, you were like, hey, we uh, you know, we got to watch this guy. We missed him in our quarterback episode, and I... I, I honestly loved him. Riley Leonard, the quarterback from Duke. Oh, you got Leonard higher than me. Uh, I I was wildly impressed with yeah. Riley Leonard. I was yeah. actually so pissed that I missed him for the quarterback show. That's our first one. It's a bit of a scramble. You're still trying to figure out, like, okay, who's really in the picture here? Because Leonard's a younger player. His accuracy and the way he plays with a consistent base and his footwork in the pocket Ah uh, man, I was, I was very impressed with Riley Leonard. And I then four, yeah, go ahead. Go, well, I was just gonna say because like I got Leonard in not this next ten, but the next ten, so we could just have the conversation now. Like he needs to be more consistently accurate for sure. I think the adjusted completion percentage is like below seventy percent. But the deep ball is nice. Not only is the deep ball nice, he has some elite ball placement throws where yep. it, it's not like. It's not like they're every throw, so you're looking right. for them to be a little bit more consistent. But the combination of velocity, touch, and ball placement that this guy has on some of his throws is without question NFL caliber. So yep. man, I, I love the I love that you got eyes on him because he's in my top five QBs and he's gonna be in my he's in my top fifty like people here. And then 40 was a player we really liked, Rod Moore, the safety for Michigan. I I, I had to get him in the top fifty. I Michigan has a lot of defenders in this top 50, but um, yeah, this is a fun group. This is a really fun group here because they were a couple guys that I, I might've missed on or a couple guys like TJ Tampa that can climb on boards. Yep. Uh, Riley Leonard can climb on boards. You know, I'm probably a little low on Tui Malowau, but I, I think he has a chance to put together more of a full pass rush package this year that would help him rise too. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of guys that you mentioned that did that I don't have in my top 50, I got Rob Moore at 60. So, I mean, like I, I, I like him a good amount. Travion Henderson. I have him at 62. We kind of went over that conversation um, where he definitely has everything in front of him to be a riser in this running back class and, and be able to move up for sure. Uh, Faltenu I have at 63. So I've got him right there as well. So these guys, there's a lot of football players that are, I think in between the 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 40s and the 60s, but uh, they're all right there. And then TJ Tampa, I ended up having in my top 75. I think I had him right at 75, and so that's he pretty is, high. I mean, yeah, oh for sure, dude. Yeah. In this in this cornerback class, there are good freaking corners in this class. And when we had the episode talking about TJ Tampa, a lot of people shouted us out, and they're like, "Yes, thank you for like re- recognizing him." And so I think a lot of people are on the train as well, man. He can solidify himself as a really great corner this upcoming year. Cause I think he's going to have that hype and he's going to have those eyeballs on him. So um, yeah. All right. There we go. So I'll, uh, I'll list off my guys. Um, let's see. 31. I got Michael Penix. So I have Michael Penix, not nice. too far behind Bo Nix. So I got him in that uh, top 32. Uh, dude. I got a Marius Mims at 32, the offensive tackle from Georgia. He's at 41 for me, bro. I watched more of him after our offensive tackle episode admittedly he still needs to be more refined obviously like he hasn't started very much he only That's started as, as, 
as, as a reserve a at the end of last season. Yeah. But like, if you're taking that as a baseline, dude's a former five-star. The athleticism this dude has is incredible. The flexibility is there. The hand speed is there. The foot speed is there. The balance is there. Like, this dude could be a major riser. So I got him at 32 because of that potential. That was Broderick Jones, by the way, what you right. just said. Right. And Where Broderick barely played year before, but the sample you had, you loved. And you're like, he'll probably play his way into the first round, and he played his way into the top 20. Yeah, that he did. 33, all projection here, but I got Mason Smith from LSU. Yeah. Just watching the the fresh, the true freshman tape, I go, okay, like <laughs> we're working with this special athlete here. Right. So unfortunately, we don't get to see him against Florida State because he's suspended, but hopefully know, we that have saga the, continues, but the yeah. entire rest of the season with his ACL um, hopefully intact. Now, I got JT Tui Maloau as well, right in the 30s. I got him at 34. Um, Trey Benson, I got at 35. Oh, so you got Trey Benson at 36. I got him at 35. Look at that. Yep. So we, we saw that very similarly. 36. Lad freaking McConkey, baby. Nice. I though he's the player I'm most pissed that I he would literally be 51. Literally. I have two. I, I feel like I have too many wide receivers. You do have a lot. Dude, the class is good. It's good. It's a good class. It is a good class. The class I have is a good. couple left and in my next top. 10, I went back 10. and I and I dude, I went back and I look because I'm like, am I too the positional importance taken into account? Do I have too many wide receivers in my top 50? And I think I probably do. But brother, there were more wide receivers drafted in the first round over the last four drafts than offensive tackles and edge rushers. Right. The NFL's drafting these dudes. That's the thing. They're taking they're taking five or six of these guys in the first round almost every single year. So you want to say like, oh, dude, you got too many wide receivers. You got to get different positions up there. You don't have to do anything. The it's NFL doesn't. The NFL isn't saying that. So, uh, anyways, yeah, well, I'll talk about obviously more wide receivers, but Lab McConkey. I mean, what he can do as a separator, as a vertical threat guy, like him a lot. Tyler Newbin, your boy. I got him at thirty-seven. Fantastic yes, player. Uh, Romo Dunze, the wide receiver from Washington. I got him at thirty-eight. Nate Wiggins, I got at thirty-nine, and then Jatavian Sanders at number forty. I like it. Okay, so Jatavian Sanders. He's he's one that can be all over the place, right? You have you him, him at twenty two, and I got yeah. him at forty. Yeah, I I I expected to like him less because I I went in thinking like, okay, this guy's getting hyped up because he's a great athlete, a tight end. Let's see it actually translate to football. And then I watched him make really tough catches in traffic. Watched him destroy some smaller defenders in the run game when asked yep. to block. Yep. I was like, this dude, if Brock Bowers wasn't in this class, this guy would get even more love. So yep. I think he Agreed. becomes victim at times of Quinn's inconsistency. And if that Texas offense puts it all together, like they should this year, mm-hmm. Sanders could be that rare second tight end to go in the first round. Like that. I yeah. completely agree yeah. with you. Completely He's- agree with you. He's former five-star dude. Yeah, he moves it's super different. well. And I, I think I've been telling people, like, I don't think Jatavian Sanders is going to get a lot of volume this year. They just have too many receivers to throw the ball to. And so I don't know how different it looks from a volume perspective, but from a ceiling perspective, I completely agree with you. That's why I, I kind of had to put him in the top 40 because I think when it's all said and done, this dude's probably going to be a back end of the first-round pick. Yeah, he's impressive. All right, 41 through 50. All right, 41 through 50. 41, I said to Marius Mims, he'll be a massive riser. Mm-hmm. 42, a player I didn't get to watch during running backs. It's there's, I mean, legitimately could be like 
the Jameer Gibbs of this class, Donovan Edwards. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 I, I thought mean, you were about to talk about somebody who like wasn't in my top five. And I was like, no, 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 no. Donovan Edwards. It's the pass game stuff is just out of this world. Impressive. Um, there's things he, he can improve on to be like a legitimate first round running back. And that's why I'm 42. But wow, that film explosive. Roma mm-hmm. Dunes, Dunze. Um, he, you had him in your last 10. I have yeah. him at 43, size and speed. Yep. Kalen Carson, who you really liked. The reason I have him at 44, not higher. Everybody listens to the show knows this by now. I really get cold feet with corners that are always hurt. Um, and he's Don't just, do that to me. Don't say that to me. He's got to have a full healthy season because he missed games at the end of 21, and then he had the hamstring last year where he was missing a ton of time. When he's out there, he's awesome. He's yep. absolutely awesome. Okay, so I looked up the pronunciation, and now I've confused myself more for 45. I thought it was Kingsley Sumatea, but the pronunciation makes it look a lot more complicated than that. So I apologize. Your look, your The look of your face right now is like... I thought it was just like... No, 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 no I'm, not, I'm not even going to do it. So I'm the pronunciation I wrote down it looks like Sumataea. I, that's straight from a, a a guide, like one of those. I don't know. So right. I I promise BYU fans, I will work on that. I don't like when people mail in pronunciations for the draft. It's wrong to do to the player. So I will work on that. So Kingsley, I mean, he's the size of a mountain. He had a really good year for BYU after transferring from Oregon. I have him mm-hmm. at 45. Uh, these this tackle class, Trev, how about it? I Can mean, be very good, man. Can be 46, very good. Troy Franklin wide receiver from Oregon. Uh, he was very high in my wide receiver rankings, so no surprise there. 47, your boy Josh Newton, the corner from TCU. Let's go. Uh, 48, Luke Lachey, the tight end from Iowa, who I think I, is going to just have that massive step up this year. I still Laporta's haven't watched role. him. Oh, he's, he's yeah. the guy where you look at it when he took over when Laporta was out, and you're like, oh, okay, they have another. Like They just churn out tight ends. like It's literally nobody's business. 49, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., the linebacker from Clemson, who when we did the linebacker show, it's I think a lot of people expect him to just be this layup number one linebacker, and mm-hmm. the tape didn't live up to that, but he's still a really good player in the middle of the defense. And then 50, Zach Frazier, the center from West Virginia. Who, oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, he was my top center when we did offensive lineman. He, he makes it right there at 50. Wow. Um yeah, we're gonna have like shades of of of, of centers here. Um, I'll get to uh, I'll, I'll, we we can have a little bit of a back and forth with the guys in the fifties, but I'll, I'll read off my uh, forty one through fifty first. I got Blake Corum at forty one. Just freaking love him, man. I I I wish so badly that he didn't get hurt last year, and we could be talking about him as an NFL draft prospect. Me too. Because I'm an NFL player right now. JV and Cohen, the interior offensive lineman from Alabama. I know there's some consistency work needed with him, but man, dude's got a mean streak. He's an absolutely punishing pass blocker and run blocker. When he gets you in between the shoulder pads, man, he can absolutely erase you. So got to get a lot more consistent, but love the athletic profile of him and what he could be. I got Kalen Bullock, the USC safety at 43. The range just cannot be understated, but unfortunately that first game, that week zero game, the missed tackles and the lack of strength just reared its ugly head in week yep. one. And I, I was hoping that it was going to be different. And um, I unfortunately feel like I'm I'm going to be bringing Kalen Bullock down on these rankings, just even from what I saw in week one. Don't want to judge it too early. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it marinate. 
Got a little marinade. Donovan Edwards, I got at 44, so I got him there very closely is. as well as RB3. Jeremiah Trotter Jr., I got at 45. I got his teammate Luke Aroraro at 46. Riley Leonard comes in at 47. I got Jordan Morgan, the offensive tackle from Arizona, at 48. Uh, I got Cedric Van Pran, my top center in the class, at number 49. Uh, and then just because we had to get another wide receiver in here, I got South Carolina's Antoine Wells Jr. I'm an idiot. At number 50. I'm an idiot. What was your how why are you an idiot? I didn't transfer over Jordan Morgan. Ugh. Jordan Morgan is absolutely in my top 50. Ugh. If you listen to the tackle show, he was ahead of Patrick Paul. So I think that's gonna ha- that's gonna kick Zach Frazier just out of it. I knew this would happen. I knew somebody wouldn't make the transfer from the position rankings onto the board. The organization part of doing summer scouting. It's literally hell. (laughs) So for those listening, you can, you can absolutely staple in Jordan Morgan didn't fall off a cliff from where I had him in the tackles. He is just going to be at 23, one spot ahead of Patrick Paul. So I think that's a good conversation for us, right? Because you had him at the back end. I have him more in the middle he it's crazy to me because he doesn't look like your prototypical tackle, but he right. just plays with such great agility, such great agility. Yeah. That so, I, I think he's one of those guys that can get away with being, maybe not having the craziest length or size and it just works for him. But he's, he's also one coming back from significant injury. Right. Um. So that's a big thing to watch here. Yeah. I mean, he's a little bit shorter, six foot four ish. You know, 306 pounds as the 15th percentile and the 24th percentile. I got him as OT6 in this class, but I really like the tape, man. I mean, I thought that he, I thought that he really struggled the previous season, but 2022, before he tore his ACL, I mean, he, he looked like a starting caliber NFL offensive tackle. Moved super well, protected both shoulders very well, good communication, great balance. Um, you know, I thought that a big, unfortunately, because of the lack of size, he struggled with strength a little bit. Sometimes he had to put too much of his body lunging into guys to really make a punch of contact. And then you saw a couple of pass rushers take advantage of that. They go, okay, we're going to bait you. Wait till you kind of dip your head a little bit. And then we're going to give you a swim move, go straight over you. So he's got some things to work out, man, but just a smooth mover. Somebody who I think has got really great grip strength. I think he's got really great hip flexibility to continuously get a lot of that out of that lower body. And so he plays really well, man. I'm I'm glad I got him in the top 50, obviously. Um, if the transfer happened correctly, he'd be a lot higher for you. So, um, yeah, let, let's um, easy fix, though. It's already fixed. Now we get to make the consensus board. So we're going to make the consensus board. I'll give you an extra minute to kind of look over both of our lists and we can start at the very top and we can we can build out this top 50. But before we get to that, I'll give you that minute because I want to talk to the good people about our friends over at DraftKings college football fans. We all know that you're ready for week one. DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet $5 on college football and score 200 cold ones, not beers, dollars, in bonus bets instantly. Imagine. Anything can happen in college football. You guys know that. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty in just a couple of years. That change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. 
So download the DraftKings Sportsbook now. Use the promo code PFF. New customers can score those $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. It's fun to it's fun to get a little cash in on week one, too. You know, everybody's very excited for it. You can find a couple of games that you love on DraftKings, uh, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code PFF. The crown is yours this season. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit uh, www.1800gambler.net in New York. You could call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help is available for a problem of gambling. Calling 1-800-789-777 or ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies in jurisdictions. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources bonus bets do expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply all right so let's get into this collaborative nflse official big board who do you want at number one i gotta the guy i have a one you have a two the guy you have a two i have a number one do we go positional importance? What do we do? Yeah, I think we go Caleb for this for our NFLSC board because we'll we'll lean on positional importance when things are a tie. Is that fair? Yeah, I think I think that that's probably fair. So then yeah. we'll have Caleb at one, Marvin Harrison at two, Brock Bowers at that three. part was easy. That part was easy. <laughs> so you have Olu at four, and I have him at five. Mm-hmm. So Olu so. would Olu right. would be four. Yeah, Olu's going to be four. And then the same could be probably it's got to be verse, right? It's got to be verse. Yep. I have verse at four. You have him at six. Then we'll go. And then it's straight May because he's five and six. Yeah. People at home so, are probably like, the fuck is going on right now? Who do we have at be, seven then? Kalen King, probably. Seven's Kalen King because he's both at eight for us. Yep. Uh, is Chop Shop. Chops next or is it or is it Newton? I think it's Newton because I have him at seven. You have him at ten. So, so he gets a little yeah and then it's chop all right and then so chops at nine who would be and then who rounds out the 10 oh it that, might be it might, it be, might be Jean. it's cooper DeGene because okay. you have him at 11 i have him at 12 okay so the top 10 we're shockingly better at this than i expected yeah dude it's gonna for be two ab- it's gonna become absolute <laughs> hell after this don't you worry bucko. i mean you're talking to somebody that literally didn't transfer his tackle three onto his <laughs> top 50 so so like let's not, let's not pretend this is sweet science uh all right so caleb williams marvin harrison brock bowers olu Pashano, jared verse drake may caitlin king jerzon newton chop robinson and cooper DeGene. all right who we got at 11 is it kool-aid or joe alt I think it's Kool-Aid. You have him at seven. I have him at 17. I had all at nine. It's Kool-Aid. Yep. And then it's going to be all. And then I think it's got to be all. Um, Layatu, Latu. Yep. So he's at 13 for both of us at 13 on the board. Love to see it. Yeah. You just love that kind of continuity right there. Is probably Taylor. Where do you have Taylor? I have Taylor at 18. You have him at no, 12. so then neighbors would be ahead of him. Oh, I missed Malik. Yeah. yeah, Malik fourteen and fifteen on our boards. Yep. So then it's Taylor, I think. That sounds right. So top fifteen, rounded it out. So then Kool Aid, Alt, Latu, Malik, Neighbors, Leonard Taylor. If this is confusing at home, I'm so sorry. 
We're we're trying we're trying to do we'll this. Read, we'll read the whole board at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely. So will. I don't think it's that confusing if you followed along where we had these guys. So yeah, and if, and if it is confusing, why don't you just, you know learn? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. Oh, sh- you didn't have Graham Barton on your top fifty. No, that wasn't a mistake though. You really like we did this conversation throughout the the tackle show. This is the Foskey of this year. Graham Barton's fine. I feel like I look at Graham Barton the way you look at Cooper Beebe. Oh. We're no, like he's next, he's, no, next time we see you in Actually, person, you didn't need that Beebe in your top 100. So you true. Just, it's on between you, you, Cooper <laughs> Beebe, and, and Patrick Paul. Yeah, at first, at first I was initiating the fight. Now you're initiating the yes. fight. Yes. So, right, so then who is 16? Would Chris it Jenkins? Be, it would be Chris Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That one's pretty easy because of how high I had him and you were. Then it's Ibuka, I think. Yep. Emeka Ibuka is at 17. I believe we're getting close. Ooh, actually, Ibuka would need to be higher than that. Ibuka needs to be, I think, behind. In front? No, in front of neighbors. Really? Because I had him 11. 16 and you've got him 11. No, you're right. You're right. So math... Abuka yeah. goes at 14. Yeah. All right. So 14. to catch everyone, Abuka's at 14, Neighbors is at 15, Leonard Taylor's at 16, Chris Jenkins is at 17. We're getting pretty close to Dallas Turner range here. I was gonna I was gonna say, I think it might be Dallas and then Barrett Carter. Yep. If I'm looking at this correctly. Did oh okay. I was making I was like, did you not have Nate Wiggins? You had him at 39. Okay. Yeah, I have him at 39. So he's going to be a little bit lower. It might. We're getting close to Penix time here. Oh, yeah, we would. Because where'd you have Penix? You had him at 20. I had him at 20. I had him at 31. I feel as though. Where'd you have Kinchins? Kinchin. 26, 15. Yeah. Okay, so Kinchins is next. He's after Carter. I forgot how high you had him. So yeah. Kinchins. And then Penix? Yeah, I think it would be Penix. And then Braylon Trice, I believe. Yep, it's Braylon Trice. So you don't have Keon Coleman or Graham Barton in your top 50, right? No. Okay. You do have Latham, though. I do have Latham. Latham I had high. I had him 33. Yeah, so Latham is, I think, next. Um. Who would be, would it be, where did you have Josh Newton? In the 40s. Okay, I had him 21. 48. Okay, so he's, I mean, when you put that together, he's going to be high. Right, I think he's going to be. Because we're getting to a, a range of a here. lot of guys that, like Nate Wiggins is probably coming up, I had him 21. Oh, yeah. And you Would had you have 30, Mims? You had 39. Yeah, so I think it goes wig. It's gonna go Josh Newton, Nate Wiggins, Amarius Mims. Yep. Because Mims was 42 for me. Yep. I think JT would be next. Tui Maloa would be next. Um oh Jatavian Sanders. Jatavian Sanders and Jordan Morgan. Right? Did you have Morgan? Yeah, I had okay. So Mims then Sanders, then it's going to be Morgan, actually. That's right. And then Tyler Newbin's coming up. 
Yep. You had him 37. I had him all the way up at 25. Tyler. He's above JT, I think. So so I got the top 30 right now if you throw in Newbin. So the top 20 for the official board would be Cameron Kitchens, Michael Penix Jr., Braylon Trice, J.C. Latham, Josh Newton, Nate Wiggins, Amarius Mims, Shatavian Sanders, Jordan Morgan, J.T. Tui, Maloow, Tyler Newman at 30. Um, Did you have Xavier Worthy in here? I did. I had him 27th. Oh, shoot. Okay. So then Worthy is going to be... Shoot, I think Worthy is going to be 25, actually. Okay, so he'll bump everyone back a little bit. No, actually, he's going to be... He's going to be higher than that. Yeah, we were both equally high on him when we missed him. So I had him 27, you had him 30. So he ends yeah, up even go. higher on both on the on the board together. I think Romo Dunze might be next. Just because we're both evenly as high on him. Yes. Um, I think I Donovan, Ed- 44. Donovan Edwards is probably next. That's right. Oh, Trey Riley Benson's Leonard. coming up. Would you it? have Riley Leonard at? Riley Leonard I had at 40. Oh, okay, so I had him at 47. So I think that this is actually the appropriate spot for him, probably at 34. Trey Benson, you had at 35. I had him at 37. Oh, love that. Love that. So is he right after? He's right before Riley. He's right before Riley. Yeah. All right. Okay. Kalen Carson. Kalen Carson, for sure. I had him 45. Yeah, we're putting him right him 27. There. So he comes in right after that. Love that for us. I, th- um, I thought you would have had Kingsley in your top 50. I don't know why I thought that. No. <laughs> so... Excuse me. I actually didn't love Kingsley's tape. Um, it's not perfect. I think that he is obviously big, athletic, got all the tools in the world to be a fantastic offensive tackle. But right now when I watch him, he shoves people more than he like actually blocks them. Yeah. You know, you, you watch just I, out there being you big. I watch right. I watch multiple games of this dude, and like he's just trying to shove people. He's not really okay, hands going here, hands going here, I'm latching on, I'm dictating you, like all that stuff. Um, and so I think that he's an incredibly high-ceiling type of a player. But um, yeah, I, I where did I have him? I can actually probably use this. Because like Rod, I think Rod Moore would be next. Um, Trayvon Henderson would be next. Troy Fantanow would be next. Because I have those guys just in the 50s or 60s. Okay. So where do you have? Well, you, don't forget we both had Trotter. Trotter okay. was forty-five for you. Trotter was fifty for me. So I'm gonna put him there. Where'd you have Rod Moore? Okay, so Troy's a little higher. Let's go Troy next. T- we're close to TJ Tampa time. Henderson, Moore. Yeah, where'd you have him? Thirty-two. Thirty-two. And I had Colson decently high as well. So I think. Hmm. Oh, Zach Zinger's probably next because you have him at 39. I have him, I think, like in the 60s. Okay. Yep. So he's going to make the cut for sure. So he's Yeah, I think that he's going to make the cut there. By the way, Cedric Von Prahn. Yes. One of those like three guys that was outside of number 50. Okay. So and then you have him at 49. Yeah. So then he's probably going to make it there. Actually, I'm, pr- I'm going to put Lad McConkie in first. The same, same story. Exactly. Yeah, McConkie goes right in for there. sure. Um, let's go Cedric Van Pran. Um, yeah, the, the couple of guys that you were super high on. 
like where where do you think that you would have Keon Coleman? Do you watch Coleman or no? I've seen a little bit of him from okay. last year at Michigan State, and like the athleticism popped off, but like I didn't write up an eval. Okay, so it's but I would I if like considering how you spoke of him and I've seen the athletic flashes and you had yeah. him at nineteen, I would put him on our board. Okay, so I'm gonna put him at forty five. Then the conversation kind of becomes like I have Graham Barton and Bo Nix decently high on my list. Right. You have Patrick Paul, Cooper Beebe. Because they're just so high on individual lists. Right. I, um, what did you think of Junior Colson? Because I would I would argue him over those other guys okay, in that, in I, that I scenario. Could, I could put Junior Colson in next because I think Colson is... Is he in your top 100? Yes. Okay, then it's him because more because Paul and BB are not. He's seventy three. Yeah, he's seventy three. It's, it's absolutely Colson because I'm twenty eighth. Okay, so Colson will go forty six. Um, I don't know if we're are we. I don't think we're forgetting anybody. Trey <sighs> Franklin might actually be next. I have him. Where do I have Franklin? Item forty seventh. Where is Troy Franklin? I'm lower on him, so. Oh, he's 84 for me, but Nazir Stackhouse is a little bit higher. So I think we can go to Nazir Forgot, I forgot we didn't talk about Stackhouse. I had him 36. So he's... Yeah, I just... The the pass rush profile, I just... I mean, it's there is none. <laughs> right, I, I just don't think it's going to be there for him. But right. he, he brings the beef, that's, that's for sure. absolutely does. So then, okay, so now we gotta, we'll have the conversation of... Patrick Paul, I'm just way lower on. Cooper Beebe, yep. I'm way lower on. Yeah, I don't Jack, think they make it, considering Jack Sawyer, maybe he might be able to make it, but where do you think you would have Graham Barton or Bo Nix? Do you Bo think Nix, you... Bo Nix would be in my top 70. Barton is in my top 100. Okay. So then I think we probably go Nix next at 48. Right. And then maybe Jack Sawyer. Sawyer for sure. Because if I have him at 31 and you have him at 80, 80 then he's that's yeah, basically pretty, right that's here. pretty good for him. Then some of the other characters, I guess, like Blake Corum. I don't know where you would have him. Luca Rororo. I don't know where you would have Corum him. Corum was right there. Was Corum, he? Corum would definitely be in my top 70, 65. So then I think that he he might be, he might round Number it 50. out with that 50. Yeah. That looks pretty damn good, honestly. All right. So let's, let's, let's read it over. All right. This is on the fly. You can't hold it against us, but it's also written in stone. Caleb Williams at one, Marvin Harrison Jr. at two, Brock Bowers at three, Olu Fashano at four, Jared Verse at five, Drake May at six, Kalen King at seven, Jerzon Newton at eight, Chop Robinson nine, Cooper DeGene at 10, Quilly McKinstry 11, Joe Alt at 12, Latu Latu at 13, Emeka Ibuka at 14, Malik Neighbors at 15, Leonard Taylor at 16, Chris Jenkins Jr. at 17, Dallas Turner 18, Barrett Carter 19, Cameron Kinchins at 20, Michael Penix Jr. at 21, Braylon Trice at 22, J.C. Latham at 23, Xavier Worthy at 24, Josh Newton at 25, Nate Wiggins 26, Marius Mims 27, Jatavian Sanders 28, Jordan Morgan 29, J.T. Tui Malowau at 30, Tyler Newman at 31, Romo Dunze at 32, Donovan Edwards 33, Trey Benson 34, Riley Leonard 35, Kalen Carson at 36, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. at 37, Troy Fannow, Fautenu at 38, Trayvon Henderson at 39, Rod Moore at 40, Zach Sinter at 41, TJ Tampa 42, Lad McConkey 43, Cedric Van Pran 44, 
Keon Coleman, 45, Junior Colson, 46, Nazir Stackhouse, 47, Bo Nix, 48, Jack Sawyer, 49, Blake Quorum, 50. That is the NFL Stock Exchange consensus board. That's the consensus that we threw together in like 10 minutes. I know everybody listening. I'm sorry that us putting it together is a bit of a, you know, a bit of chaos for whatever it was, five, 10 minutes. But I think it's worth it that Trevor and I don't know each other's boards before the show. Yeah, because the because the going through our top 50s is the best part of the whole exercise. Yeah, I would agree completely. I'm, so, I'm looking I'm looking right outside my top 50s. And I don't think there was I don't think there was anybody else that really would have would have snuck in because we got the players that were on your list, not quite on mine. Right. Like, like 51 to 60 for me. I got Jaden Daniels, Braylon Allen, Quinn Ewers, Malachi Corley. Oh, you, yours is wasn't we didn't talk about him. I think we should, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, he was QB five in my summer rankings. And then when I watched Riley Leonard, Riley Leonard took over the fourth spot. So yours falls to six. Mm-hmm. He is a total variance player. Correct. I mean, you're gonna see him in in top 50s in the top 30 because he has all the tools to be a high-end draft pick but he has man, a long way to go he like long way to go i apologize for forgetting the handle of this person somebody tweeted in my mentions after we did that show calling him cowboy zach wilson and it cannot leave. i mean that it owns, is good it owns real estate beachfront real estate in my brain and i'm not saying like it's it's not about zach or quinn it's just when you look at the warts in the game, and he has a college season to improve on them, so great for Quinn, and he's very right. talented. Right. But it, like, I get it. I get it. So, I, there was a lot I liked about him, but <laughs> I know it's a wild quote. And the thing is that, like, Quinn just doesn't do well under pressure right now, which is the thing that Wilson cannot play with. I know. Mm. Cowboy Zach Wilson was just this. Anyways, yeah. yeah so yeah, that, I mean, you and I weren't willing to take the chance on that. And if Quinn ends up being a first round pick, like no, we'll own it and good I, for I, him. I see a lot of people who have Quinn Ewers in like a top seventy five or whatever they do, like a, yeah, their top quarterback rankings, the first round mock draft, the top fifty, whatever it is. And I, I'm just not there. I just get. I will gladly get there if he leads me there. I have nothing right, against the, yeah, against the young man, but like. Even if you are projecting premium position and a little bit of improvement, there's a lot of things that have to go right. The quarterback position is too complex to just assume that somebody's just going to get better, especially when it comes to playing under pressure. That's something you basically got to see to believe. So there we go. That is our individual and consensus top 50s. That is us truly putting a bow on summer scouting. Man, what a fun process this has been. We would love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you thought of uh, of the episode of the individual big boards that we were able to put out before you guys. Some guys that you think were way too high on, that were way too low on. And then ultimately the consensus big board as well. Best way to get in on the conversation, of course, on the YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com backslash at NFL Stock Exchange. If you are audio only, you can hit us up on Twitter or X and Instagram uh, at Connor J. Rogers at Tampa Bay Trey. 
So please, uh, we would love to hear from you guys. We'd love to hear kind of a culmination of what you guys thought when you did summer scouting, when you were watching a lot of these players and when you got to listen to us uh, talk about it. As for the schedule moving forward, we are going to start going to two episodes a week. The schedule right now is for them to come out um, Mondays and Wednesdays during the regular season. Uh, Connor is uh, big, important. I'm on TV, man, on Sunday. So we can't do anything on Sunday. But I do have some plans to hopefully give you guys some content in between now and then when you get me and Connor's thoughts. on. Besides week, we, we are doing week one. We are doing week one because the Jets play on Monday Night Football, so you can actually do week one. So we are going to do week so one. So we're doing week one real big. And then the rest of the way, we will be taping uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, hoping to get the show up because Ryan is incredible and, yeah. and works extremely efficiently and fast on our show that we'll get it up as soon as we can for you guys with everything you've been asking for. We hope rookie coverage, draft coverage. Yeah. Update rankings to things like this. Trevor's a madman and is, you know, ranking over a hundred prospects already. I'm going to keep building a big board and we'll smush it all together again. So we update that throughout the season and it's just, it's going to be awesome, man. I can't wait to get rolling again like that. Yeah. Yeah, and we are going to uh, we're going to kick it all off on Monday with the preseason mock draft. We're doing it. We're hitting the mock draft we're doing simulator the damn thing. on pff.com. We're going to time go to get owned online. It's, it is time to fix your franchises, baby. We're going to do it before the season even kicks off. Caleb Williams is going to boycott going to Arizona. It's going to be a blast <laughs> of a mock. Draft. You're already making enemies. <laughs> I didn't say it. It's going to be it's going to be a ton of fun. Please join us on Monday for the first mock draft that we have of the season. It's going to be the one that we reference um, throughout the beginning portions of the year before we give some more to you guys as the season go on. So goes on. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, again, comment on the episode. We, we would love to hear back from you guys on what you thought of the rankings, where you see these prospects going into the season. But we're going to have a blast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. We'll see you on Monday.